Welcome to the Jazz Piano School Podcast, episode number 170. Welcome to the Jazz Piano School Podcast. Learn jazz piano without all the guesswork. Now, your host, Brendan Lowe. Welcome to the Jazz Piano School podcast, where we have one mission, that is to help you achieve jazz piano freedom so that you can express your true inner soul and emotions instead of having to copy what others have shown you. Now, we do this by providing structured and organized jazz piano education on specific jazz piano tools that you can then take and use over any tune so that you have complete jazz piano freedom. All right, welcome to the Jazz Piano School podcast, episode number 170. Wow, it's crazy that we're at 170. We have 30 more, and we will reach 200. That's insane. Wow. I'm your host, as always, Brendan Lowe, and thank you so much for being here. It's been a really, really busy uh, past month and a half because we just launched uh, Jazz Piano School 2.0, and that was absolutely amazing. Um, I'm very run down. And I'm actually very happy to be doing this podcast instead of doing promotional materials for the platform. So it's a very, very nice relief to be doing this and actually teaching an amazing lesson here today on uh, approaching tunes and the, the five different ways to discern what type of approach that you should take for a tune. But before I get into that, for all the podcast listeners listening right now, in your cars, at the gym at your home, in the comforts of your own home. Um, I, uh, yeah, we launched the 2.0 um, website and it's amazing. And all the members inside, if you signed up and you are inside of Jazz Piano School now with the with our new platform, thank you so much. And, and thank you even if you're not. I mean, I, I don't, I appreciate everybody who listens and supports um, my education and my mission to help uh, students everywhere and learn this amazing music to really transform your life. And <clears throat> one of the big takeaways that I realized when talking about all of the information on Jazz Piano School for the launch essentially was that I really wanted to convey the message that music is transformative. And I did a podcast before that a couple of weeks ago, but you know, I think that people kind of take music in jazz piano for granted. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't, because like I said in the other podcast, all my emails that I was sending out to people, I was trying to convey this message that you have this opportunity to do something amazing. You know, you're obviously passionate about music. You're obviously passionate about playing jazz piano in particular because you're listening to this podcast right now, right? And so you have a you have a gift. I mean, everybody has a gift. You, you you may not think you do, but you do. You your passion for this music and for learning and listening and you know exploring all the information you possibly can. That's a gift. And the more you practice, the more you're able to play. Even if you're you don't think you're that good, like even if you're a beginner, you still have something to give to people that are listening to you and even yourself, right? The more you play, the more you let music transform your soul and allow it to express your emotions and feelings, the more you're going to affect your own personality. And in turn, that's going to touch the lives of others around you and really transform the world. I mean, music is very, very powerful. It's a universal language for a reason, right? 
And music can connect cultures, it can connect religion, it can, it can connect people from all over the place that you may be complete stranger with. And you play a song and you both, maybe you play together or maybe you're listening to music together and you're connected, right? You're connected through the music. And there's so many things in life that I think people and myself, we get, we get caught up in. You know, the, the day-to-day grind, you know, driving to work, being in a cubicle. And I used to do all of this right before I started this business and it was terrible. It's terrible, <laughs> right? You think that that's, that's what matters in life. I mean, it does it like you have to pay the bills and stuff like that, but cars, money, you know, stuff at the mall, uh, you know, that, that stuff's not important when you die, you know, that's, that's not really what you're going to remember. I mean, Going to see a music show and concert, I bet everyone listening on this podcast right now, you can recall a time that you've seen a concert and was like, wow, like that was amazing. Like that was the greatest concert I've ever seen, whether it was jazz, rock, pop, I don't care, you know? Um, I've seen some amazing rock concerts that I was just blown away by and I was just like, there was better than jazz. I mean, I loved it. It was incredible. So that's transformative. And my whole vision and my whole purpose, um, I think in the, I guess the, I don't really know the correct word here, but my, what I was trying to convey through the launch of Jazz Piano School 2.0 to, to everyone who was not a member really, um, was that music has to be a priority. And I don't say that just to say it. I mean, it, it really does. It, in order for my vision for jazz piano school to affect the world and spread to other people, right? You, you need to, you need to learn music. You need to make it a priority. You need to do this. I mean, don't, don't put your keyboard in the trash can. Don't give up. Don't say you don't have the skill level to do it because you absolutely do. And the more you do it, the more you're going to affect the lives of other people around you, your friends, your family, your loved ones, yourself, right? And if you can increase your spirits, if you can increase your soul, um, to be a brighter light in this universe, in this world, <clears throat> then that light is going to affect other people. And you may save and, and heal and uh, inspire and motivate other people because you've listened to this podcast or because you learned how to play something, you know, on Jazz Piano School. So <clears throat> I'm getting all ooey and ooh you know, um, but uh, it's serious. It's a serious thing. And I, and I do at the underlying root of all the work I do for jazz piano school that that is my main goal and mission so <clears throat> never give up always believe that you have the skill level to do this because you absolutely do and you and your gift no matter what level you're at your gift right now you it could be waiting it could be inside of you and waiting to get out I mean that could be your gift because you're passionate about music but you've never learned jazz piano you've never even tried and jazz piano is kind of like a oh jazz piano you know you play jazz piano right it's like <laughs> i mean some people i don't know it's just a funny term it's like the the word jazz piano but i want people to hold that in their heads in their minds in their consciousness that it's more than that it's more than just playing jazz piano it's more than just sitting down and and practicing in the midst of your house it's more important than that I want everyone to realize that. And that's why I send lengthy emails out to people expressing this emotion. And there's different ways I approach that. I mean, I approach it with the depth of transformation that music has, or I'll approach it with 
urgency, you know, because sometimes people, you know, they need tough love. Like, hey, you haven't been doing this. It's really important to you. And just trust me here. Have you ever had that experience where someone's like, can you just trust me? Just do this. Okay. You're not doing it. Just do it. And you're like, you don't want to, you think they're a butt, right? And you do it. And then they're, and you're like, oh my God, thank you so much. Like, thanks for lighting a fire under me and pushing me to do that. Cause if I didn't do that, I wouldn't have gone and transformed my life. Like I, so many of us have had that experience, right? And that's what I try and do. And people get mad at me. They get pissed at me and that's okay. <laughs> I don't mind because inside my soul, I am helping people, right? You know, and so many people thank me for sometimes the push that I take, sometimes the transformation that I take. And, you know, it depends on the approach that I take to help people realize that music is an essential part of life and always needs to be. And no matter who you are, even if you're not a musician, like your friend or your family, everybody listens to music. Everybody. Music affects people whether they know it or not. And the musicians, obviously, um, we realize this, right? Music has touches us in a different way. But even people who aren't musicians that are like, you know, whoever, you know, they put music on. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm loving this. People go to parties for music. They go to concerts for music. You know, even though they're not a musician, they love it. It affects everybody. <clears throat> and the more we can provide music in life, whether it's through helping someone play this music for themselves, for other people, the more, you know, amazingness, love, inspiration, motivation, all of you that are listening right now are going to spread to others, yourself, the close ones around you, and just increase, you know, and add more joy and happiness uh, to the lives of those around you, okay? So that was kind of a little bit of a introduction and what I've been kind of going through in with this launch. I do have so many aspirations to take jazz piano school to a completely higher level. And it's very frustrating to be complete, completely transparent. Um, by no means do I have the budget <laughs> at all. I mean, web development and, and apps and stuff like that, it, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I mean, kudos to the people who can just drop that money and be like, boom, build a website. Like most of the work you guys that happens on jazz piano school, I do all of myself. I do have a team and they help me out. But again, like I wear so many hats and, it, and it's not because my team helps me out so much, but I don't really know what it is. Like the quality and the care and the thought and the it has to come from me because I'm the leader, right? I'm, I'm, I'm the founder, you know? And so I do so much work and, um, I put so much into this. And again, it's, it just, it takes a long time. It takes a long time to get to where you want to go, but I'm never giving up. I'm still going to continue to progress the website, the features, the learning, the education. And, um, I want to, you know, be, I want jazz piano to the education to be in many, many schools, studios, homes around the world, different languages. And because I truly believe it has the power, it has the structure, it has the direction, it has the organization. It's a completely unrealized musical education system that has the power to really affect the lives of millions of people. Well, I guess not millions, probably 
thousands, hundreds of thousands, <laughs> right? I don't know if a million people in America, in the world want to play jazz piano. Maybe they do, but I really truly believe that. And so I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep working, um, day in and day out to do that and keep delivering the free education. And again, with the help of my other educators on staff. So yeah, that's what's, that's what's been going on. And it's a grind too. It's a grind. I mean, obviously you can probably hear in my voice. I'm a little tired today. I'm, I'm tired. I'm not going to lie. You know, the launch and all the stuff, all doing all this stuff takes it out of you. And I wake up in the morning and I'm tired. <laughs> you know, I, I have a laundry list of tasks that are just like, ugh, it's just hundreds of things that I need to do. You know what I mean? And I get responses and, and tickets from people um, you know, giving me even more things that <laughs> need to be done, which I'm, I'm great. I'm happy with. It's just adding that next little, Oh, and, and by the way, this is, you got to do this. So by the way, this isn't working. Oh, by the way, just like, Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> so sometimes I just have to take a deep breath, right? Just realize I can only do one thing at a time and just tackle each item right on our lists, just like any, any job or position that you do. So Anyway, that was a nice long vent intro to all you guys uh, listening out there. So hope you enjoyed that. With that being said, let's dive right into this lesson. So when approaching a tune, essentially there's five different things that I'd highly recommend you look at. So I have some tune examples. Honeysuckle Rose was the first one. So Honeysuckle Rose, you've all heard that tune, most likely, hopefully. Now, when we play that tune, right, uh, essentially the composer, Fats Waller, the number one thing, not, I wouldn't say the number one, but number one, these are out of order. One of the things you want to take into consideration is the composer, the era, right, of the tune. So when you're going to approach Honeysuckle Rose, I wouldn't say it's like this. You know, it's... It didn't come from a modern era. You're not playing a Wayne Shorter tune. You're not playing a John Coltrane tune, right? You're not playing uh, Giant Steps. You're not playing a Love Supreme, right? It's Fats Waller. So part of your approach when learning tunes is you have to understand the composer in the era, right? Now, Fats Waller, right, was it was a you know older school player with a stride um, background and um, that kind of, you know, he had a lot of amazing songs and, and compositions. And when you play Honeysuckle Rose, knowing that is really going to help you. I mean, and again, if, um, for example, uh, like, just like I said, if you were playing, um, you know, any sort of kind of modern-ish tune, um, or even a bop, you know, more of a um, bop tune, right? Uh, maybe four, you know, um, that that's not going to be the same. Okay. So number one, it's very easy. Just do a little research, right? Look into the composer, look into the era that the tune's coming out of. That's going to help you decide your approach to the tune and kind of how you should do it. Um, number two is going to be the lyrics. Okay. So if you're looking at the lyrics of the song, first of all, you know, um, songs have so many different lyrics. Um, all the things you are, right? Learn the lyrics, like look at the lyrics, study them, you know, all the things you are. Just, you don't even have to learn the lyrics really. If you just take into account the title, all the things you are. I mean, it's, it's talking about love for all of the things that a person is. Beautiful love is an, another example that I'm going to be talking about. Beautiful love, right? Think about beautiful love. It's going to be more romantic. It's going to be more flowy. 
Um, if I were a bell, right? If you look at the, um, you know, some of the lyrics in If I Were a Bell, If I Were a Bell, I'd be ringing. If I were a gate, I'd be swinging. It's happy. It's uplifting, right? There will never be another you. So look at the lyrics, study the lyrics. It's a very helpful, uh, very helpful thing to learning what, which way you should approach the tune. If it's sassy, right? You're going to add more of kind of a gritty, dirty sound to it. You know, whatever that is. Um, maybe it's got more of a, a bluesy feel. If it's sassy, whatever it is, you know, you want to try and inflect, you know, uh, reflect the lyrics and the song in your playing, right? If it's mellow, if it's down, if it's open, if it's asking questions, you know, all that it can be more spacey, right? I mean, obviously you're not going to go. Right? That's that's not going to fit the lyrics, okay? So think about the lyrics, read through the lyrics, especially if you're studying a tune. That's going to be number two. Now, number three, just listen to the recording. Just listen to the recording. <laughs> Try and find the original recording. You know, find out the composer, find the original recording. Just listen to it. Listen to recordings of the song. How was it recorded? Um, again, you know, listen to the way Fats Waller plays Honeysuckle Rose. Like, listen to the way All the Things You Are is played. You know, is it played like this? You know, usually you don't hear recordings of all the things you are in a stride form. Honeysuckle Rose. You do. You do. Okay. Check out the recordings. Is it, was, it, was it from a play? Was the original from a play, right? Was it, was it uh, originally from a, was it a big band composition? Okay, just listen to the recording. That's number three. Number four is going to be the changes, all right? Just study the changes. Look through the changes. If there's, um, you know, different types of random movements, and all the things you are is a great example of that, right? This is kind of, uh, these changes are different, right? You don't really hear these types of changes. So we got F minor, seven going to B flat minor seven. I had a sus there, going to E flat seven, A flat major seven, D flat major seven. G7, I'm putting a flat 13 here. Stella, right? Those aren't standard changes, right? They're not they're not just bop changes or 251 changes. So immediately that's going to tell you, okay, this is this is kind of different right? And play through the changes. Try and get a feel for what, what the changes are. Is it a modal tune, right? Are there lots of minor chords? You know, is it just kind of a minor blues? Um, is it more modal tune? Are there lots of minor chords? You know, maybe it's a C minor going at E flat minor, maybe D minor seven flat five. whatever it is, right? So just by looking at the changes, how the changes are structured in the tune, that's immediately going to give you a lot of information to your approach. All right. And uh, if I were a bell, that's another example. 
So, I mean, these are just G7, a nice uh, G7 chord. And again, the, the, t the chord quality types are going to give you a lot of information. If you have random major 7 chords or minor, if you don't have a lot of 2-5-1s, it's probably a more spacey, modern-ish type of tune. If you have a, a dominant 2 chord as your starting chord, you'll hear a lot of old-school tunes use this. And again, this is just a 2-5. So this is just my C7 here, going to F major 7. These are really standard, like, um, you know, uh, American songbook type changes, right? So that's just a very, you know, this is from, uh, uh, from Guys and Dolls, right, from the play, and just a very, you know, from the musical, and, and uh, it's just a very standard, just tune, like a standard, you know, it's just a standard. You know, very swinging, very happy, very uplifting. And again, if you follow along with the steps that I just to told you, one, two, we're on three right now, excuse me, we're on four, looking through the changes, you're already going to have a lot of information. So if you know the composer, if you know the lyrics, if you listen to recordings, and then if you start to play through the changes, you're going to have so much information on the approach you should take to play a tune, right? So that was number four, look through the changes. Number five is going to be the melody, right? Learn the melody, okay? If the melody is... Just uh, like I was saying, uh, maybe there will never be another you. It's a very just standard. It's just standard, right? It's just kind of a nice little ditty, nice little melody. Same with if I were a bell. It's just very standard, right? Nothing crazy. Uh, is happening, right? Um, you know, if you're playing uh, Invitation, that that's not really a, a standard, um, like standard melody, a standard standard melody. It's not. It's not like an American songbook melody, right? Invitation or uh, Giant Steps or those aren't standard melodies. Even all the things you are. Now it's a very beautiful melody, but you don't. You're not hearing. Um, bebop lines, you're not hearing different like Charlie Parker-ish lines in that particular melody, right? So always analyze the melody. What is it telling you? How is it, how is it um, relating to jazz and the history of jazz? And where is it coming out of? And again, by the time you get to step number five, um, working through the melody, I guess I'd work through um, the, the list I'd given you. One, the composer. Two, the lyrics. Three, listen to the recordings. Four, uh, go through the changes. And five, the melody, right? And it doesn't matter, honestly, you can switch them around, but you're going to have so much information. Now, before I let you go, I want to tell you about a couple of approaches. So these are basically just standard approaches. Now, obviously, if you're playing with a group or uh, you're with a singer, then these are going to be a little bit different. But just solo piano, for, for the most part, you have what's called a stride um, format. So if I were playing Honeysuckle Rose... You know, just playing stride. So that's just a standard stride format. So a stride option is always available, essentially, for the tunes that you're going to play. So I'm just playing root here to shells, and I'm just I'm just going to the third here. 
I played this once, that was a little too low. I didn't like it. You can go up here, you can play root to full voicing here. Right, and then to full voicing. Now obviously that's gonna be a little harder to hit accurately, right, at a faster tempo. So depending upon the tempo you're gonna take, um, you can just walk bass. Right, that's an approach you can take. But again, depending upon the tune, for example, Honeysuckle Rose, that's probably the approach I'm gonna take on that tune for the most part, unless you're creating some extravagant arrangement, right? Some completely different arrangement that is not standard to the tune. Okay, so more of a, the other, <coughs> excuse me, more of a stride approach. The other is what I call the broken stride approach. So this is kind of what I would use over Beautiful Love maybe, um, which is more of a slow, flowy, romantic, I would say. So again, if, as you watch here, I'm not really playing stride. Essentially what I'm doing is harmonizing the melody with my right hand and then my left hand, left hand solo piano components are filling in for the support. So you can kind of feel the swing, but at the same time, it's got like a spacey, open, flowy feel, okay? Now that's like broken stride romantic, okay? Broken stride um, uplifting or kind of swing would be more like if I were a bell. As you can see, I'm kind of bouncing around. What I'm doing here is I'm bouncing from my root to my shells. Sometimes I'm playing one, three, seven. Sometimes I'm playing one, seven, three. Okay, you see that? 10 on top, essentially. In the space, my right hand is coming down to fill. Right, it might kind of comp for myself. That's more of the broken stride, but with an uplifting feel, not so kind of romantic-ish like I was doing. And the same thing. Now, for all the things you are, it's not really going to be, it's going to be more of a harmonization, um, complete harmonization feel, um, more flowy atmosphere, okay? And this is more of the seven-step solo piano system that I teach, which is a tool that you can use in this type of genre for tunes. Right? So essentially, you know, there's because of the tune, it's more of a, a ballad ish tune, but it can go swing. Now, you may not feel the swing, but it's there. One, two, three, four. One, two, three. That's the swing there, even though I'm just holding down the notes so that it feels more open. Two, three, four, one. It's still swinging, but 
because of I'm holding the notes down, you just hear whole notes. You don't actually hear the swing, but it, it's going. One, two. Now again, like there. So I went, that's slightly broken, like a broken stride, right? And then some comping in the space, right? So you, you don't really have many choices. And I mean, and I'm going through these approaches very, very quickly. Um, but each of them, you know, is a very specific style that can be really worked on. And I, again, I highly recommend you go back through the podcast. I've taught all about the left-hand solo piano components. Um, I've talked about the broken stride even in depth in all the podcasts prior, but you don't have many options as far. I mean, you have lots of options, but standard, like just your core options, right? You got your broken stride. You got your romantic broken stride. You got your uplifting broken stride, which is more if I were a bell. Um, and, you know, that would be more... Um, you know, any, any sort of like kind of bouncy tune, like, uh, honeysuckle rose, honeysuckle rose is more basic stride. It's more like legit stride rather than kind of the broken stride feel. I was trying to think of another, um, another tune, but that's okay. So, um, those three, right. And then you have your ballad approach. Your ballad approach is just simply your ballad approach. And again, this is with the seven step soul piano system. Your ballad approach is simply your ballad approach and you want to learn how to do that and you want to learn that tool. But these are the types of approaches you're going to take um, when playing tuned solo piano. Again, if you're with a group or a band, it's going to change things a little bit. But for as far as solo piano approaches, those essentially, and then you got your upbeat, your upbeat fast tunes, right? Um, really can take on uh, bass notes, walking bass. You know, you can do that. You can do your broken stride, um, whatever, you know, if you're, if you're playing stride, if you want to attempt to play stride that fast, you know, whatever it is. Right. Um, and you can do, you know, so many different things. I mean, the, the fast approach, um, this is a great example of, of your broken stride, right. At a faster tempo. Right? So essentially I'm jumping up, okay, from my left hand. Sorry, I didn't catch that note too well. But your left hand is really supporting with all the left hand solo piano components at that faster broken stride tune. At tempo, excuse me. <clears throat> so really use the uh, five different categories I've listed here and think about the approach you're going to take, learn the different approaches, go back through the podcast. And the next time you see a tune, all this information is going to kind of go whoosh, right, just right into your head. And you're going to be like, oh man, okay, fantastic. Like I have a, I have a game plan to like kind of go at this tune, which is really, really going to help you. All right. I'll talk to you guys soon. See you in the next podcast.